Hi, I'm Jason Nichols, and I'm on the left. And I'm Vince Colonnese, and I'm on the right. And, and if, if we, we can't, can't find, find common, common ground, ground in this world, world today, today, then we're all just travelers. Passing each other in an international airport. And this great American experiment will be relegated to the trash bin of history. So let's come together to debate without yelling. And, and let's, let's save, save this, this nation. nation. We speak to a man who's running for governor in the great state of Georgia. That's ahead on Vincent Jason Save the Nation. Vincent Jason Save the Nation is brought to you by Gold Co. Everybody, welcome back to Vincent Jason Save the Nation. Excited to have you with us. And we're also excited to have today's guest. Vince, who do we have with us? We got a former member of the Georgia House of Representatives and also a current candidate for governor in Georgia, the Republican Vernon Jones, now Republican at one time for many years, a Democrat. Nice to have you on with us, Vernon. Great to talk to you, sir. It's awesome to be on the Vince and Jason show. I'll tell you that. I'm I'm happy about it. my first time. It's about time you guys let me on. Uh, we've been we've been knocking at your door, man. We've been trying to get you, so we're we're glad you're here. Uh, you're, you're obviously on the road. What are you up to today? Well, you know, Georgia is a big state, and Georgia has what the third most uh, number of counties. We have 159 counties here, so I'm in the Vernmobile, traveling, uh, going from county to county, government to government. You know, going into the sheriff's office, going into the clerk's office, meeting people at the mom and pop stores. You know, you have Atlanta, and you have North Georgia and South Georgia. And when you get into more rural areas, small town areas, just amazing people, just country folks, farmers, mm-hmm. uh, moonshiners, uh, you name it, just people who are living the American dream. And what do people care about in Georgia? What are they talking about right now? Well, you know, Georgia has conservative leanings, always had. So obviously they're very concerned about uh, mandates. But they, in Georgia, people don't want to have, uh, they want their medical freedoms. Um, it's their choice. If they want to get the vaccination, they can, but they're so dis- disturbed by, you know, first you get the vaccination, that's going to help. Then you get the boost to the vaccination, then the boost to the boost. And so the misinformation coming from Washington and CDC mm-hmm. is creating more and more of, an, of a, an environment where people don't trust the government. At the same time, they care, same time they care about having more money in their pockets. That's why uh, I'm pushing, and I guess other candidates are following my lead to eliminate state income taxes here. Uh, Georgia sandwiched between two states, Tennessee and Florida. They pay no income taxes. So we want to remain conservative. At the same time, banning a physical conservative, I should say. Uh, at the same time, uh, we want to grow jobs and create opportunities, help small businesses. They're concerned about CRT being taught in their schools. Uh, nobody, is, nobody has a problem with, with uh, history being taught. But when it's based on a theory and it's creating division, that's what no one wants to hear here. So that's important, people. More, more important, I think... Uh, above all is election integrity. And let me be clear about this, Jason and Vince, it's not that people are trying to overturn the elections. They just wanna make sure that the election is free, fair and transparent and their questions are answered and not be made to feel like, hey, there's no election fraud in Georgia, which is not true. And I'll give you evidence. State law was broken by even my office itself identified a local drop-off box that according to state law should be on county or municipal property. It was on private property. That means it's illegal. Also, you see where some counties destroyed the video footage from the drop-off boxes on election day. The federal law says you're supposed to keep it 22 months, and they didn't keep it. So that's a violation of federal law. So that's why it was so important to call for, for instance, audit. So you can verify, first of all, the policies and the laws are being followed, but at the same time to make sure that, that uh, people feel as though that these elections are free and they're fair and they're transparent. Okay, so we're, we're going to definitely get into some of that. We have a short amount of time with you. And I, first of all, I just want to thank you 
because uh, a lot of elected officials are, or people who are running for office, I, I believe are scared to come on our show because we are a left right show. We have two different perspectives on here and, you know, right wing people are scared because, you know, they're going to have to deal with me. And then, you know, right, left wing people are scared because they're going to have to deal with Vince. So I respect you just for showing up on the show. And I, and I wanted to take time to say that. Now, you've been a Republican for a very short time. Why should Republicans in Georgia trust that you're a true conservative? You voted against the heartbeat bill. You voted against gun control measures or you voted for gun control measures. Why should Republicans in Georgia actually say this man who's been a Republican for, for 18 months is an actual conservative? Well, you said the right thing. I've been a Republican for that long, but I've been a conservative all my life. And you're right, I do. And I'm a defender and a protector of the Second Amendment. Always been that way. As a matter of fact, uh, Democrats were conservative, but they went to the left, a hard left. And so I did. I changed jerseys because I don't buy into their, into their ideology. And as it relates to being pro-life, let's, Jason, let's be clear. You and I both know how we were reared in our families. Uh, life is important. And then certainly in the old days, when black people um, had children out of wedlock, those kids would be shipped to the north, those young parents, and they would still have that child. They weren't going to get abortions. And so the heartbeat bill, I voted against the heartbeat bill because it didn't go far enough. Life starts at conception, uh, not at six weeks. And one other thing, too, um, Planned Parenthood and Margaret Sanger. Mar Margaret Sanger said that black people were defective from birth and they need to be weeded out like weeds. And she sat out. And you and I both know she set out to destroy by uh, aborting every black baby she can find and including sterilizing every black female she can find. Uh, Dr. Alveda King gave me a book to read. When I really learned about Planned Parenthood, it was a, an awakening. But we've always been conservative. We were never pushing for abortions, not the black community. Uh, we were pro-life. We're still pro-life. And, and by the way, Ronald Reagan was a Democrat. Donald Trump was a Democrat. The last two governors were Democrats all became Republicans. I think I'm in pretty good company. Right. Well, <laughs> Donald Trump was a was a Democrat, Democrat. Uh, 18 years ago. You were a Democrat 18 months ago. So I think no, there is a no, little bit of a difference. That's there. not true. But Donald you call Trump. yourself uh, a black MAGA man. Uh, somehow that that wasn't since you mentioned Donald Trump. That wasn't enough to earn you uh, reciprocated affection from Donald Trump, who's now endorsed David Perdue for governor of, of Georgia. Why do you okay. think Donald Trump was so quick to to cast you aside? Well, first of all, Donald Trump was not a Republican 18 years ago. Donald Trump became a Republican when he declared to run for office, which was in 2015. So I just want to be clear about the facts there. Uh, secondly, uh, I didn't pick, Donald Trump didn't pick me. I picked Donald Trump. That's who I thought would be a much better president than Joe Biden. And by the way, that was a no-brainer, no pun intended to Joe Biden. Um, so I wasn't expecting Donald Trump to endorse me. It'd been nice if he endorsed me, but you know what? Apparently he got some bad advice and that's fine. But I am a MAGA man, um, has nothing to do with Donald Trump or anybody else. What it has to do is with is I am, uh, I love my country. I love my flag. I am a defender of the Second Amendment. I am pro-life. I am pro-business. I do support uh, running and funding a police department. I had to run one of the largest police departments in the state of Georgia when I was county executive. So when I hear that um, um, about Donald Trump not endorsing me, that's his choice. Donald Trump has been wrong before with who he's endorsed. He's not God. I'm more concerned about the folks in Georgia. They're the ones who I care about endorsing me. Let me ask you if uh, just about um, the current president of the United States, Joe Biden. He was down in your state uh, very recently and gave a very provocative 
uh, speech suggesting that people who, uh, who are opposed to his federal election legislation uh, are equivalent to people, to George Wallace, to um, people like uh, uh, Jefferson Bull Davis, Connors. Bull Connor. Bull, yeah. yeah, he used yeah. those, he used those comparisons and he's not alone. There's a lot of uh, upper level Democrats who've issued words of support, although some have suggested uh, tepidly that he went too far. What did you think of that speech and the the allegation that he's making about people who would oppose that federal elections legislation? Well, you know, I think Jason and I can agree with this. We both have our independent minds, our independent thoughts. We don't have to beat up on each other because of belonging to a, a different party. But it was so interesting about Joe Biden. Now, remember, Joe Biden was the one who's best friends with, with uh, Robert Byrd, who was a former chapter president of Ku Klux Klan. Uh, Joe Biden came and mentioned those three names, Blue and Collins, Jefferson Davis, and, and George Wallace. Well, you know what? All three of them were Democrats. He didn't, he didn't highlight that. And then the bigger insult was how he said, oh, it was just not long ago. This was in Atlanta, pandering to black people. Oh, it was just not long ago. I remember getting arrested. What did he get arrested for? Lying or being in his basement too long? He never got arrested. So Where you, did the you media hold him account? Right? Pardon me? I mean, but, but you shared a party. You were saying, uh, you know, all these people were Democrats, but you were a Democrat until 18 months ago, though, right? Yeah, I was a Democrat because Democrats had conservative values. Now the Democrats want children to go and get transgender operations and hormone injections. I don't support that for children. I hope you don't support that for children. They're teaching kids in school now, not math and science and English. They want to teach kids and, and going around parents' backs to teach kids about lifestyle whether or not they, they should be a boy or a girl. That's not their place. So the Democratic Party has gone so far. And by the way, why is it that the Democratic Party cannot accept a free-thinking African-American who wants to be Republican? Matter of fact, we're going back home to our original party. It's the Republican Party that supported freeing the slaves, not the Democrats. Well, let me, uh, let me, uh, let me uh, refocus. No. I think you're making a lot of great points, Vernon Jones, but just given our limited time, I want to refocus on the yeah. election issue for the moment. Because uh, Georgia has been used as an example of what the left has referred to as Jim Crow 2.0, that the election integrity law changes that were made there in Georgia uh, are being considered tantamount to Jim Crow. In other words, that black votes in particular are being suppressed in Georgia. Uh, when you hear rhetoric like that and then you and you can describe what's actually going on in Georgia, how do you square the two things? I think it's embarrassing. I think it's offensive and, and, and unacceptable for white liberals to say that black people are too poor to afford a free photo ID and that we're, we cannot stand in line, that we're gonna starve from not being able to have water. First of all, let's go back. Stacey Abrams was the one who cried foul with the election laws when she lost and she did lose. And there was a backroom deal that was cut with the executive branch, the secretary of state, the attorney general and the governor. And they change election laws. The constitution is clear, only legislatures change election laws. So when I hear that that's crap, and by the way, the law that they passed, Senate Bill 202, that bill had in there, you can have walks, people can give you water, they just can't go within 150 feet of the polling place. So that was a complete lie. That's a outright lie that black people or anybody couldn't have water in line, it's a lie. And by the way, a photo ID, you need a photo ID now to go to Washington DC to a restaurant you have to have a photo ID to walk in a restaurant, walk into a gym and many other places. But nobody's saying that black people are being suppressed. 
And so why you want to make it look like black people can't have a, can't have a photo ID, but white people can. Mm-hmm. It's, the law is for everybody. So I can tell you, black people have IDs to go to buy liquor. They have IDs to go to to the to get their tickets from the Braves games. They have it to go to the doctor. They have it to drive. I have in my 30 years in public office, in and out, I've never had one single black person say that they can't vote because they don't have a photo ID. That's preposterous. You know, and I know it, and most people know that. Yeah, I think that there, you know, when it comes to voter ID nationally, I think that uh, the argument isn't that you can't have photo ID. The question is which, in some cases, it's which photo ID is accepted. Like, for example, in Texas, where they would accept your concealed carry license, which white people were more likely to have, and wouldn't accept things like expired military IDs. But anyway, that's that's a different well, that's situation. I think in Georgia, hold on, hold on, let me, we, we only have a little bit of time, Vernon, yeah. with all due respect. We yeah. only have a little bit of time, so I want to get as many questions, and I have a bunch of questions for you here. Um, <laughs> you, you know, going along with uh, your idea of taking Georgia back, I know that's one of your uh, your taglines, your your mottos, your slogan. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, going back, going with that theme, uh, you say it means, uh, in part, supporting law enforcement and first responders. What is your message uh, to the January 6th rioters who took part in an insurrection that led to the uh, injury of 140 police officers? Um, anybody who committed any crime during that January 6th rally, was not, which was not intended by me and many others for that to even happen. I've been to many of those rallies. We never had a situation. Matter of fact, it was reversed. So they so broke you, the you law. were there? January 6th, yes, I was there. So if they broke the law, if they broke the law, then justice should be served. But what bothers me is when you look, when Black Lives Matter and Tifa went around this country and burned down buildings, including federal courthouses, police stations, over 700 police officers assaulted, 26 people killed, including in Atlanta, an eight-year-old black baby girl shot through the window of a car with her mother, and a black business, the Wendy's, that was burned to the ground, the one-year-old baby girl in New York who was shot in a stroller. When I hear the left talk about insurrection, this country was on insurrection, and Democrats sat on the sideline. No, they didn't sit on the sideline. They encouraged that action. It was Maxine Waters and others telling people to go into restaurants tell them to turn people's tables over, just to go in and attack them. So all I'm saying is this, Jason, wrong is wrong. There's no right right way to do wrong, but don't be so damn hypocritical or show hypocrisy when you wanna make a big deal out of what happened in, in, in DC, which was wrong with some of those, few of them out of thousands, but the whole summer we were under attack and not a word for Democrats. And I don't know, Jason, I, I can't remember. Did you speak out against that? Yeah, well, wasn't I, that I wrong? think not only not only did I speak out against it, I, I'm pretty sure that Joe Biden spoke out against it. No, he didn't. He's, he's a lead. Oh, that's, no, he that's absolutely untrue. There's several Joe quotes, quotes of him saying that he, he condemned any violence and that he was calling for peace. So I, I think it's a little bit well, different. I think it's different thing. than someone who, who sat on their hands. Now, well, Trump did the same thing, right? He, he um, not exactly. There's well, a whole exactly question about the timing. But anyway, um, you also, you know, with your slogan to, to take Georgia back, um, you say that that means ensuring that Georgians get uh, to choose what goes into their bodies. And, I, and I'm wondering if that would, how far that goes for you. Would that include um, narcotics or people, you know, should we legalize narcotics? Since well, Georgians well, should have the right to put whatever they want into their bodies. If narcotics are legalized, like marijuana is being legalized in some states. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's legalized. 
but it's not forced on people to take those those drugs sure. or to smoke marijuana. But when it comes to this vaccination, I'm I'm all for the vaccination if someone feels as though that works for them. But when you tell me I'm going to lose my job because I will not inject myself, whether it's religious reasons or just medical freedoms, period, I have my own right to inject what I want to put in my body. And so when I hear them say, so well, you can inject heroin. I, I just want to. I just want to see where if, this... if, if I did it, if I injected heroin, which I would not, but if I did, right. that was my choice, but I would have broken okay. the law with the vaccination is not breaking the law. I think it's two totally different things. One, you, one is illegal, the other is, is legal. But my point of it is I see these pharmaceutical folks making all this money. You get the shot, then you get the shot to the shot, then you get the boost. And then when you look at what's coming from the World Health Organization, what's coming from CDC, what's coming from the Biden administration, it's a bunch of it's confusing, it's conflicting, and people don't trust it. But at the end of the day, Jason, it's mm -hmm. my choice. I had COVID. It's my choice if I want to get the vaccination. It's my choice. That's all. I'm, I'm, I stand for medical freedoms. That's all. I stand for you to have your freedom, too, to do what you want to do. You know, Vernon Jones, I think a lot of people were really scared throughout this pandemic, especially early on, not knowing the unknown was it was uh, certainly the kind of thing that created some fear. And the government moved pretty swiftly. Uh, in order to impose a bunch of lockdowns and mandates on, on people's lives. Um, what did yeah. you think of the response in America to those lockdowns and mandates? Did you think that it was strong enough? Were you concerned that that sort of the, the fighting spirit for liberty wasn't burning maybe quite as bright as you'd hoped? I, I certainly have looked back and thought that uh, at, at, at times, like, man, I kind of wish more Americans were standing up to some of this right now. Um, well, what did you think? Well, many, many of us stood up for it, but we were criticized and ostracized by the legal, the, the liberal media. You sure. know, it was borderline tyranny. We had become a police state. Think about this. The government was telling you on Thanksgiving how many people you could have in your house. Mm -hmm. And if you had 10 or more people in your house, you could be arrested. Wait a minute. Where in the hell did that come from? No one in our Constitution does it say in the event of a pandemic, we become a police state. Joe Biden overstepped his reach. The Supreme Court just ruled when he tried to say if you have 100 or more businesses, then you have to make sure your employees get vaccinated. Look at how many employees gave up their jobs based on their principles and their constitutional now, right. Isn't there isn't there a testing option for, for those companies with 100 or more? No, no, no we're not talking yeah. about testing options. We're no, talking but there, about there is in the mandate no. that you can either get submit no, to weekly no, testing no. or you can get vaccinated. You're referring right? to the OSHA no. mandate. There's a healthcare mandate that doesn't have the, that exception. Yeah, let, no, let me, that, but that's for you. the federal government. We're, we're talking but, but, about businesses. But the federal government, Joe Biden's executive order told businesses, if you're 100 or less, 100 or more, your employees going to have, one of the things we have to do is get vaccinated unless they, they get the religious exemption. So and go back to what I said. There were people, there were people who were subject, subjected to mandates of this vaccination. And it was just wrong. It was just, and the constitution was upheld apparently when the Supreme Court ruled that Joe Biden couldn't do that. Now I'm looking at these healthcare workers because if they get federal dollars at these facilities, they're still subjected to it. But just a year ago, we had no vaccination. And those, those nurses were our heroes. Now look at them. Now they're considered zeros. They're being terminated if they don't take the vaccination. Jason, now that's just flat wrong. I think you can agree yeah. with that. So we've, we've got uh, we've got constitutional, at least uh, we've got constitutional and, and the Supreme Court has backed the idea that um, vaccine mandates are legal. Um, the question was whether they're, you can impose them nationally you know, and federally. But if you were governor of the state of Georgia, you could impose a vaccine mandate and that's backed up by the law. 
Well, if Correct. I were governor of, of Georgia and and I support, not saying that you would, I know you wouldn't. No, <laughs> yeah, that would I would be a hypocrite. No, I, I would look at Ron. But, but it's legal. What I'm but, saying is that but, vaccine mandates are are legal. Um, but, they've been backed up by, by we're the Constitution. We're not saying that it's not legal, but what we're saying is that you cannot force a person to take that vaccination. That's why Ron DeSantis did what he did down in Florida. Although Joe Biden said this, but he because the federal law is silent on this. That's why he came and passed a law that you are not going to require people to get that vaccination. I don't care if your company has 100 or, or, or 50. We are not going to have that in Georgia. I mean, in Florida. So he understood what was in the Constitution, what was federal law versus no law. And when the federal law is silent, state law can, can take precedence if they so, so, choose, so choose to pass something. And that's what they did. And so uh, let, let, let's go back to, to the core of this. It's mandates. It's, it's, it's telling people you're going to have to take this vaccination. And you know what? Many of us are standing for our medical freedoms because we believe it's wrong. And we have a right to protest for our rights too. Absolutely. That, that's part of your First Amendment rights. You always have the right to protest uh, peacefully, but not like- right, Not like Black Lives other, Matter. Other not like- More with our great guest Vernon Jones in just a moment. Vincent Jason Save the Nations brought to you by Goldco. So you've talked about being an environmentalist and that being a way Republicans can make inroads with younger voters. A uh, Pew Research poll in 2019 showed that 52% of young Republicans feel that the government is doing too little to combat climate change. Do you believe climate change is caused by man-made carbon emissions? And if so, what steps should be taken to limit it? You know, I'm not a scientist, so I, I don't know. I don't look at what they look at to make my decision. I just make my decision based on a farm boy. Um, I knew when we were planting crops, um, there, there was a time they started using crop dusting process where planes would come in and release this pesticide and I would notice some of our rabbits where we would find a lot of our rabbits dead and find birds dead you know what man was doing would have an impact because those rabbits would eat the, the, the grass and that pesticide was on the grass so it killed that rabbit so I know there are things that are happening out there but I, I will say this I, I don't want to make it political we learn about preserving our earth and having clean water and, and preserving land and protecting wildlife. I, that's what I, I'm, I, I'm a conservationist. As a farm boy, I, I know how important it is to cultivate land, to grow crops. I know how many species live off the land. I know how important it is to have clean water. I know when I started with, the, when I was county executive, I created a, a partnership with Georgia Power. We were releasing at our, at our landfill methane gas into the air. Well, we built a, a, a system where we were able to capture that methane air, sell it to Georgia Power, and we turned trash in the grass, like cash, I should say, but we were originally releasing that into our air. So I know things happen, but it's gotten too political, Jason, and it, we've gone to the extremes on both sides. Republicans don't do enough. I got to tell you, fish don't have to go to school or go to work. People do. I do believe we need to do drillings. There's ways you can do safe drilling, still protect our, our, our fish habitat, and so uh, but there's some that just go too far and too extreme. Do you think the Democrats sides. do? Do you think the Democrats have abandoned the concern that they should have about those basic environmental needs, clean air, clean water, uh, getting picking up litter and having clean streets? You know, uh, you got a lot of cities run by Democrats, and look how dirty those cities are—just flat, filthy, dirty. Why? Because. Either they're not educating their population, children, making sure that, hey, because it started at home, uh, pick up paper, um, 
do they have the proper people who are out there, enough people who are keeping the city streets clean, picking up trash on time? You know, that's a management issue. So that goes to that person, that individual, or I should say administration. It's a management issue. I do know, though, um, many of us who do care about it, the Republicans and Democrats, we're trying to do the right thing, but we get uh, we get grounded out by the noise from the extreme on both sides. And that's what the media wants to hear the extreme, not those who are reasonable and rational. Yeah. And so uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Republican, one of the biggest conservations I know, he started basically the national parks. That was a good thing. He was a Republican. He, he wasn't so you, a Democrat, but let's not. I'm sorry. So you, you mentioned, you know, cities. So you would agree with some elements of like build back better in terms of, you know, uh, improving air quality through, uh, getting rid of some of those big buses that are big polluters, like having electric buses. You'd agree with that element of, of Joe Biden's Build Back Better? You know, I agree with certain elements of, of that bill, but let me tell you, I don't believe like uh, AOC and others, they want to get rid of trains. They don't want cows to give milk. Uh, they've just gone too far. They don't want to fly in airplanes, but they want to fly an airplane themselves, including private jets. And so that's what I'm saying. They're going much, much too a far. AOC was in a private jet? Oh, you don't think she's never ridden on a private jet? I don't know. I, I'm I'm asking you. That's you know what I mean? I, like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I never I, heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I believe she's ridden on a pri private jet before. I believe she's ridden on a commercial airline before. But yeah. but if you leave to her, we won't have airplanes. And mm -hmm. we're, we're having to all those jobs. It, and you can't. You, we can't do it safely. Sure, we can. Technology. Are you certain? Just keep because I, technology. I think our argument is that we need more high speed trains, not necessarily that we don't need airplanes. Is, well, isn't when that she the said argument? we need more. You know, I won't get into weeds with her, but she says some extreme things. And if you follow what she wants to do, then people will be put out of jobs. There'll be no transportation among many other things, just like she's she's all for the mask. She's all for the mandates. But she goes down to Florida and parties with no mask on with and to a state where they where they ban mandates. And she's down there having a ball. So the hypocrisy, a lot of things that come out of her mouth is just quite. Uh, hypocritical and so uh, but but I don't hold that against her I will still work with her on anything one of the uh, I believe is yeah. I think the picture of her without a mask was outdoors if I'm not mistaken but, but you know but, I, then, but, they I, were, but, but I think but, her point about the the uh, the transportation just just to make this quick point um, I think it was high-speed trains which is what they have in Europe and you know if we have more ways if you can get from DC to Atlanta in an hour and a half you know, we could have done this interview in, in person if we had a budget, but the <laughs> wait, Daily wait, Caller doesn't wait, give no, us a new budget. But, but nobody's fighting high-speed rail, I think, is important. Nobody's fighting that. Right. Uh, and yeah, so, well, but, I think but, there but are she, people but, fighting but you, that, unfortunately, on both sides well, of the aisle. Well, but. well, I'm not fighting it. I think tr transportation, efficiency of transportation, being able to transport goods, items, and people, I think is a good thing. Um, so I'm not taking away from that. But as we do that, the, the left with all the rules and regulations, how long would it take to build that? I mean, that's one of the good things that President Trump did, all the Democrats' rules and regs. It takes you 10 years to find out whether or not you can build this federal highway, and then they can turn you down. And look at well, the cost, time, and effort. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like how he streamlined that process on even how we build highways. One of the big disappointments I have with the American left on the issue of climate change, concern about the environment, is it seems that the only answer is a unilateral disarmament. In other words, that we need to kneecap American energy production and, and carbon emissions broadly. But the impact is that we export all of our pollution to places that are absolutely awful when it comes to environmental standards. So in the United States, 
we have been, including during the Trump era, going down year after year in the carbon emissions that we actually put out because businesses have become more efficient. Uh, but when environmental regulations are imposed, uh, Vernon Jones, what we see is a lot of these companies instead offshore all of this pollution to places like China and devastate the environment uh, in another country that doesn't have anything like the environmental responsibility that we have here in the United States. Well, you know, I, I am not an expert on this, and I know there, there are different levels of what you call uh, environmental issues and, and working towards a, uh, an area that's uh, we're addressing pollution. But right. I look at the very basics. The very basic is this. How do we protect our air quality? How do we protect our drinking water quality? How do we preserve open space and green space? Because trees put out what we breathe in. Right. One of the things during my administration was so much development going on, they were just literally uh, just taking all this open green space and turning it into multiple homes. I set out to uh, pass bond initiatives, got them passed, where we preserve five, 6,000, almost 6,000 acres of land that can never be developed. I think there has to be a balance. You know, there are people who thought Central Park back in the day preserving that was crazy oh no we don't need to preserve this land we need to do something with it now having that part there kids can learn about trees people can get access to natural areas it's a good thing so we have to strike a balance i mean we're taught as kids how to protect our earth uh but but when the politics get into it see that's what screws things up when 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 the politics get it, let's leave the politics out of it. Let's try to find a, a, a way that we can come together on the very basics yeah. and go from there. I think so. I think that's right. So um, you're, you're running against David Perdue and Brian Kemp. Um, and uh, I'm wondering, you, you've also criticized Brian Kemp uh, saying that he hasn't done enough about crime in the city of Atlanta. Uh, what would you do differently? And can you tell us, like, tell our audience maybe three issues that you have with Brian Kemp and his leadership? He seems to be very popular. Yeah. He had an 88% approval rating at one point among Republicans until, uh, until Donald Trump criticized him. He's still at about 73%. Seems like Republicans in the state really like him. Uh, I'm wondering, like, well, what do you think he's, let me he's done wrong? Let me say this. Um, I've had to run. See, that's having experience. As county executive, I ran one of the largest police departments in the state. I understand how to fight crime at the local level. And that's where you fight it, at the local level. You cannot pass uh, uh, law enforcement policies at the local level where you're defunding the police department or, or you're passing these no-chase policies. How in the hell are you going to chase a criminal? If you, how are you going to catch me if you can't chase them, I should say? And then you have law enforcement officers like what happened in Atlanta where, where you know, it became more of a political issue than public safety issue, where now you want to indict police officers or fire police officers for doing their jobs. Do you really think they're going to do their job without fear of, of being indicted or, or, or being fired? You know, when an officer used that use of force, which is the last resort, that is used to protect either himself or the public's life. And it's not like officers... Maybe some do, but not like most of them are just trigger happy. But when you see what happened, like it happened in Atlanta, when that gentleman at that Wendy's doing the riots, the cause of riots, it was two officers there to put him in the car to take him to jail. Why? Because obviously he had done something wrong. Now, if he didn't, he could have proved it in court. But to attack those officers, the very moment they raise a hand to attack that officer or touch that officer, officer in any way, create an environment where that officer had to protect his life. 
and to use a taser to, to, to fight an officer, take the officer's taser and shoot at an officer with a taser. Apparently you've never been shot with a taser because you're in a state of suspension. You don't even know you exist. And so when you, when you want to talk about law enforcement, you want to make sure that they got your back. Those were bad apples. You're going to get rid of them. But giving them a bonus is not going to help them because that bonus is gone. What you do is you want to make sure that they know that you have their confidence and their support and that you're going, you expect them to enforce the law. Look what happened in Seattle. Look what happened in Portland. They so, defunded the police. Now, guess what happened? Look, okay, now no, they for, had to go for Brian. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Brian Kemp. I disagree with Brian Kemp's leadership because he failed. He was afraid of Stacey Abrams when he allowed that the backroom settlement deal to go through. His leadership was weak when he allowed Major League Baseball All-Star Game to leave Atlanta uh, to go to, to Denver. As a matter of fact, Stacey met with Major League Baseball Commissioner. Why didn't Brian Kemp go to New York and say, wait a minute, if you want to call this Jim Crow law, then you need to move your headquarters, Mr. Major League Baseball, because New York election laws are more restrictive than Georgia's. And you say you want to help black people and black businesses. Why are you taking from a city that has a 51% black population to a city that has a 9% black population? You say you're doing this in the name of Jim Crow. Wait a minute. You keep up with statistics. Tell me what's in this law that's suppressing black people. They have to have a photo ID when they go to your stadium to get their tickets and will call, don't they? Were you suppressing those? No. So Brian's leadership, he caved in on, on election integrity. He wouldn't call a special session just to get to the bottom of what happened. So he how, would not how, call for a forensic audit. So his failed leadership, he's failed in many ways, mandates, uh, CRT, constitutional care. He says he's going to pass. He's been hiding behind a tree. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to come out with all this because he's up for re-election. And you said he's popular. If he was popular, you wouldn't have a sitting governor, a sitting governor under the threshold of 40%. So he can't so, be so popular. Just, just to just to be clear, so that everybody knows, um, when you're talking about audits um, in Georgia in 2020, there was a there was a hand recount, there was a machine recount, recount. and there was recount. a signature matching audit. Recount. So there have been three different recounts and audits that happened in Georgia, and none of them changed the result of the election. So I just want to make I'm that clear for our audience. Three I'm going to use your term, Jason. What's that? I'm going to use your term. I'm going to use your phrase. Sure, go ahead. Uh, in terms of setting the facts. Let's go factually. Factually, there's never been a forensic audit that's taken place in Georgia's 159 counties. Nowhere. If there is, show me the results. I love to look at them. Second. Okay, so what is a, a forensic recount? audit? Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm going to explain a forensic audit. But sure. a recount is you, if you have 50 ballots, you're going to count 50 ballots. You're going to end up with 50 ballots. But here's, here's a forensic audit. A forensic audit is you examine the paper. Where did the paper come from? Did that paper have creases in it because what? Absentee ballots are folded with creases in it. The markings, are they copy marks or the ink marks? Chain of custody, chain of custody. When they go to those ballots, boxes to pick up those ballots, it requires signature, date and time and the number of ballots been picked up. And by the way, that ballot box has to be in a legal location. That's a forensic audit. That has never taken place in Georgia because if it did, we would not have found out, one, that there were drop-off boxes on at least one illegal location in DeKalb County in a heavily Democratic district, two, which broke state law, two, federal law was broken. If, if you had done a forensic audit and asked for the video footage from those drop-off boxes and then the registrars would have said, well, we eliminated, we got rid of them, they just broke the federal law. So, Jason, here's where the liberal media has tried to shape the narrative. It was never about trying to overturn the elections. It was about making sure that we had a free, fair, and transparent election. And in Georgia, our election laws were manipulated without it being 
done through the legislature. And I go back to the Constitution. Only the legislature can change election laws. Vernon Jones. And to my point. Let me, let me yes, ask you, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied by the changes that were made to election laws in Georgia? Obviously, Joe Biden's been attacking them. But does this give you increased confidence in the transparency of the elections in Georgia? No, because we're still finding out by not having a forensic audit, we're still finding out that election laws, both state and federal, were broken. So now, was, that's was there a forensic audit in elections? Does, does uh, what happened in Arizona count as a forensic audit? Yes, because I they, think they that did is a forensic. Law. They they called it a forensic audit. All it did was confirm the uh, results of the election, and actually, Joe Biden gained three hundred votes. Let, let's stop. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. First of sure. all, you can gain three hundred votes, but were those three hundred ballots legal? All right, there's a big difference. So, Joe Biden, uh, this is Arizona does their thing. That's fine. Uh -huh. Georgia's different. Our election laws are different than Arizona's election laws. But they did do a forensic audit. Their audit showed what you just said, but it does not mean though, and I don't know because I did visit Maricopa County and I saw what they were doing. I think it was a good thing, mm -hmm. but Georgia's never done that type of audit. But again, if you're willing to say right now, and I just pointed out to you, and you can fact check me where state and local, state and federal law was broken. If you wanna say that's okay, we didn't have any election fraud, and so be it. I, I happen to disagree with that. And that is eaten to the confidence of Georgians who, who want free, fair and transparent elections. All right. Well, Jason Nichols, the perils of being on the campaign trail and doing this over whatever wireless connection you have at the moment uh, have led to Vernon Jones falling off. But he didn't. Boy, that guy didn't run away from this conversation. It was great to talk to him today. And it was great to talk to you as always, Jason. Absolutely. It was, it was a lot of fun. And he is an energetic candidate. Uh, we wish him well. Uh, we'll see what happens there in Georgia. The whole nation is going to be looking to see what happens in that gubernatorial That's right. race. Uh, of course, I want to, you know, also give a shout out to Stacey Abrams. But also, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, seeing what happens on the Republican uh -huh. side, all eyes are going to be on that. Donald Trump's eyes are going to be on that. And, uh, you know, Vernon Jones certainly made his case. The peach state in everybody's mind right now. Everybody's talking about it. Vernon Jones straight from there. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you, Vince.